0: AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. We don't normally spend a lot of time talking about what's happening in the market. During the AM hour of AgriTalk, but sometimes the markets are the big story. We'll talk outlook for the grains and have a conversation about how the markets might be influencing decisions for this year's acreage mix in this week's Farmer Forum.
1: Live from the frosty foothills of hump day via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning, we begin with a conversation with Rick Brock from the Brock Report. That it's our farmer forum with panelists Caleb Hamer and Ryan Wagner. Directly following the news, Margie came from the scoop. I'm the handsome newsman, Davis Michaelson. Now, welcome the host of Agri Talkship, Glory.
0: Holy smokes, Davis! What a difference 24 hours can make, huh?
1: Bro, yeah. Okay, so yesterday, uh, the PM <laughs> show with uh, the <laughs> the commodities cowboy, Captain Carl himself. 77 yeah. degrees and sunshine, not a care in the yeah. world. I woke up this morning, 17 degrees with snow on the ground, baby.
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, at the bunker, at the bunker, it is currently 13 degrees. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wind is blowing 18 mile an hour consistently with gusts to 30, yeah. and it feels like four below. Yeah. That'll change you guys' oh, attitude. man. Yeah. you darn right. you darn right. Luckily... I escaped, and <laughs> <You did. laughs> yes, yeah, and I am sitting down in Houston getting ready to for our coverage from the Commodity Classic, where it is 68 degrees, windy, and a little, not a little overcast, overcast, okay. uh, but uh, 68 degrees and windy, I'll take that over four below.
1: I'll tell you what else I'll take. I'll take a little bump in corn prices here. Corn loves it when you travel, bro. We're already up well, like two whole cents this morning, huh? Yeah,
0: you know, you know, it's it's not like a, it's got to be a huge travel event. Uh huh. I just I just need to be away from the office. That's right. I've said it many times. I've <laughs> said it many times. I am willing to take donations to not work.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yeah. Sometimes, beloved listeners, you wonder. Yeah, you, know, you want you wonder, together, yeah, you, you wonder why sometimes Chip just suddenly isn't there for a show or two. Yeah, we're trying right. this. It's an experimental yeah. sort of a thing.
0: Yeah, uh, and you're welcome.
1: Mixed results Um, so far.
0: (laughs) 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 We are are going to begin our coverage from Commodity Classic this afternoon. Uh, We'll be talking markets. We'll be talking about the priorities of the National Corn Growers Association Mm -hmm. from the NCGA booth on the trade show floor. Opens this afternoon at 2 o'clock, and... As soon as it opens, we'll be on the air, dude. Boom. So yep. looking forward That's to that. That's how we
1: roll. That's how we roll.
0: You bet. All right. Let's get to the news. What do you got?
1: Let's talk about the weather outlook. Heavy snow over parts of the Cascades, the northern intermountain region, northern California and Sierra Nevada mountains. Light to moderate snow over the Great Lakes. Hello, South Bend. Central Appalachians and the Northeast. Temperatures will be 10 to, uh, 10 to 25 degrees above average over parts of the Northeast and Mid-Atlantic, Chip.
0: Well, and those warm temperatures, are they're coming right back. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. B- tomorrow, tomorrow at the bunker in northeast Iowa, we're back into the 50s. By Saturday, mm-hmm. we're into the 60s. By Sunday, we're back into the 70s. Yep. So it's not like we're going to have to deal with this for a long period of time.
1: Well, in Q4 2023, the U.S. economy expanded at an annualized rate of 3.2% slightly below the initial estimate of 3.3% and down from 4.9% in Q3. The downward revision was primarily due to a decrease in private inventories, which subtracted 0.27 percentage points from growth. However, consumer spending chip was revised higher for the full year 2023. The U.S. economy grew by 2.5% compared to 1.9% in 2022. Positive growth in 23, Chip. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And and it's part of the reason that all the recession talk is is kind of gone. And the idea of a soft landing and what that means for the economy and interest rates going forward is is occupying more of our thoughts now.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, during a private meeting with President Joe Biden and congressional leaders, House Speaker Mike Johnson expressed a clear commitment to avoiding a government shutdown The leaders emerged from the meeting optimistic about preventing a shutdown with discussions primarily focused on keeping the government operational. Mm. Yeah, but there's (laughs) still
0: a there's still Uh a wide chasm between what the priorities are. Schumer said uh, uh, priority one is let's get the funding for Ukraine. And Johnson is focused on the border, wants to see some 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 um,
1: some of those issues resolved. Wow, look at this. I just looked at the market. Okay, on this story, cotton futures surged to the highest level since mid-September 2022 on the continuation chart during overnight trade. While futures have gone parabolic, there could be more uh, near-term upside potential. Prices have only reached these levels three other times previously. Chip, on the day, the March up uh, 650 points. The May's up 200 points this morning in the cotton.
0: Right, right. Yeah, limit moves happening in the cotton trade this morning. That March contract's getting ready for delivery with Mm -hmm. very,
1: very low stocks. Well, Chip, multiple uncontrolled wildfires are currently endangering towns in the Texas Panhandle, leading to evacuations. The largest among them, the Smokehouse Creek fire, has consumed over 370,000 acres of land since igniting on Monday afternoon. This reported by Texas A&M, the Forest Service there. The region is also battling several other wildfires exacerbated by strong winds and dry conditions.
0: Yeah, it's, quickly, it, it is a tinderbox out there.
1: Indeed. Uh, Quickly, the U.S. biomass-based diesel and ethanol compliance credit prices have slumped to three-year lows on declining feedstock costs and are set to stay low as renewable diesel output rises. This, according to the Energy Information Administration, RINs generated from renewable diesel and biodiesel output and from ethanol production are both trading at their lowest levels since 2020. Let's leave it there, Chip.
0: All right. Thank you very much. Let's see if we've got Margie Echelkamp, editor of The Scoop, with us. Good morning, Margie.
2: Good morning, Chip. Good morning, everyone. How are you today? Doing pretty well. A little chilly, but we're not going to complain. It's seasonal.
0: That's right. That's right. (laughs) So, hey, you've got this study about what a model retailer looks like. Tell us about it.
2: Yeah, Chip, we have had so many things to talk about on our Wednesday Touchpoint on Agritalk that I uh, have yet to give you guys an update of a report we were able to publish earlier this month with our partners at the Ag Retailers Association. Now the Scoop is the official magazine of the Ag Retailers Association. And we came together to put forward a study to say, so what is average? What is is an average retailer look like? How many employees? What type of work are they doing? What products and services are they offering? How many locations they have? And why this study is important is it gives the Ag Retailers Association an advocacy tool so that when the regulators and legislators are looking at potential things that could impact those products and services offered by ag retailers, it gives them a calculator to base on what that impact could be. So, for example, if there was a new uh, regulation around CDL drivers, mm-hmm. well, on average, by our study, the that the average retailer has at least ten full time CDL drivers mm-hmm. and five part-time or seasonal CDL drivers at an individual location. So it gives a, a way to say, well, that potential regulation could impact that by that multiplier. Yeah. We also asked retailers, where do they see growth in their business? And they do see growth in the custom application. One yeah. thing of note is they're watching perhaps reduced anhydrous ammonia sales.
0: Interesting. Okay. Okay. It, it, it's, a, it's a fascinating look at the egg retail um, sector. So give it a look. www.thedailyscoop.com. Thank you, Margie. Thank you, Chip. All right. That is Margie Camp, editor of The Scoop. We're talking markets next. Rick Brock from The Brock Report here on, on AgriTalk.
1: When news breaks, the newsmakers talk about it on AgriTalk with Chip Flory. You're waiting.
6: Never too early for a little bit of
0: chamberlain
1: <laughs> for the ladies. Actually, on
0: the actually, I was over here talking to myself. Oh, you were? <laughs> yeah, there's a little button on this headset. Uh-huh, Every uh-huh. now and then, I push uh-huh. it. Huh? Yeah, I probably shouldn't even push it.
1: Well, if you need to finish, finish your yourself. conversation with yourself, I can continue to sing. No, I mean, that, I'm good. It's not a problem. I'm good. Huh? I know I'm other songs. Welcome back.
0: Well, <laughs> welcome back to talk I'm your host, Chip. Uh, we are. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about what's going on in the markets. Uh, I know that that is something that we usually reserve for the afternoon, outside of the bottom of the hour, where we talk with Brian Grady every every weekday, but. Uh, I feel like we need to spend a little bit more time on it because just of the condition of the markets right now. And to help us do that, Rick Brock from the Brock Report. Uh, good morning, Rick. It's good to talk with you.
7: Chip, uh, good to talk to you. Pretty exciting you times in these markets now.
0: It certainly is, certainly is. It's a busy time of the year for you. Where are you at?
7: I'm actually sitting in my uh, office right now in Destin, Florida, and I'll right. be heading up to Memphis shortly to... Uh, uh, give the uh, commodity oh. outlook for the Cotton Jenner's Convention. How
0: and do this, you put that together? Good grief with what that cotton market is doing right now.
7: Well, it's it's crazy. I mean, it exploded again to the F side today. And uh, so we'll have an exciting crowd up there because all they grow is cotton, corn, soybeans. And so you've got hmm. one uh, looking or corn and beans that are looking very poor right now and cotton is exploding. So, uh yeah, it, we'll have a big crowd there too and I'd, I'd like to be at the commodity classic but somehow they scheduled them both on the same days this yeah. year, So, I yeah. can't.
0: Seems seems a little strange but that's exactly what happened. So, poor condition of the corn and the soybean market. What are your thoughts? Uh how bad is it?
7: Well, actually uh we think the corn and soybean markets uh are making uh bottoms right now. Okay. Um uh, I, I think this market is so oversold. Uh, granted, the fundamentals are not very good, but the fundamentals are not bad enough to justify these low prices in corn and beans. And I know a lot of producers are upset that got caught, didn't make sales when they should have, uh, but I would not want to be making any sales in corn and soybeans right now. In the last two weeks, the open interest has dropped sharply. Uh, one of the biggest drops in a short period of time I've ever seen in both the corn and beans. And it's all caused by the long commodity funds getting out of their uh, positions. Or, and so, you know, and we're going to see long, longs getting out of uh, more positions, I think, in the corn and beans. Now, I just don't know what the, um, what the event is going to be to cause uh, this market to turn around. But uh, in, in any case, uh, this is a structure where it, you've got commercial companies that are long corn and beans, which is rare. Mm-hmm. You know, the car goes in the EDMs. And then you have the commodity funds that are big shorts. And whenever you get to extremes, which it is right now, uh, yeah. the difference between the commodity funds and the uh, commercials, then it's like a rubber band getting ready to pop. And, uh, and when that, when it pops, it's going to result, we think, in a fairly significant rally. Uh, in the corn and soybean market. So uh, okay. th- those are two important markets this week. But the other one, on the other hand, that is just the opposite is the cattle market. Now, yeah. a lot of people are very bullish cattle, but uh, we think this market's getting ready for a s- substantial correction to the downside. So, you know, this is a, a market, I, I think that you don't want to go on a vacation on a week like this. <laughs>
0: yeah, the the money flow in and out of that cattle market, it showed us what can happen last September when when the funds decide that it's that that uh it is time to step out and you know i don't want to give the impression that it's funds 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 that's the only thing that is driving this market around you and i have talked uh, a few times during this slide in grain prices and up until recently the conversation was about Look at what we're doing to carry over. Look at what we're doing on the supply side of the market. It was all about factoring in uh, a bigger than needed supply along with slower than wanted demand. It's only recently that I think the market, and rightfully so, the the market is really focused on what the funds are doing and what it's going to take to get them out of short positions. And you know, Rick, it it could be as simple as uh, turning some of their latest sales into losers. You do that, it's not as much fun for them to trade on the short side of the market any longer.
7: They they are known to run for the hills pretty quick when the market starts to go against them. The other factor that has been bearish, uh, particularly in the corn market, uh, merchandisers have told us since Harvest, uh, that uh, on average they've bought twice as much corn this year on DP contracts as they did last year. Farmer had more corn than he had storage for, so they took it to the elevator. They didn't like the price, so they used a DP contract. Yeah. Those add insult to injury to a market like corn because once they sign put this under. Uh, a DP contract. Ownership changes hands. Now the elevators have not had to uh, bid up to buy the corn because they already own it. And uh, it's just a, a tool that uh, makes me cringe every time I see uh, producers use it because it works so uh, hard to get to the advantage of a uh, disadvantage to the farmer. Uh, they just don't work. Now we're in a situation we're getting ready to go into March and most of those DP contracts are, 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 uh, going to be retired and a farmer's yeah. going to, have to make a decision in a lot of cases to get those priced. And I think that's what's been happening here in the last week too. A lot of producers uh, who are now underwater on those DP contracts are, are taking their losses and, and getting out of them. And uh, so I think that's going to be a, a very important factor here in the next two weeks as we get past uh, the pricing of all these DP contracts. And, and then we'll go back to trade more normal fundamentals.
0: Okay. All right. We're talking with Rick Brock from the Brock Report here this morning. Rick, if someone wants to learn more about the Brock Report, maybe take a look at it for a little while, what do they need to do?
6: Uh,
7: Here's a phone number to call, 414-351-5500. And we'll send you a three-week uh, free trial, uh, along with access to get our daily uh, comments on the markets. Which in these next two weeks is going to be really important, because I think we're going to be making a lot of recommendations. Uh, we have again, we we're we're covering corn hedges now, uh, and uh, so there's going to be some I think major uh, market decisions to be made here in the next three weeks. So all they have to do is call that number. Uh, again, 414-351-5500. Absolutely no cost no obligation. And it's just a free cool. and no nobody will bug you at the end of the three weeks.
0: Cool. Cool. Okay. Thank you for that. Uh, looking at the 24 crop. What what is your outlook there? Because we we've got the USDA Ag outlook for them. There wasn't really a whole lot bullish in the outlook there. Uh can can we change the narrative in corn and soybeans to a more of a bullish tone?
7: I don't think any we can near term. It's going to take some uh, weather issues uh, during the planting season. And, you know, every listener's guess is as good as mine on that one. Uh, I think you have to assume normal weather until proven differently. But, you know, we are dropping the acres. I mean, right now, the estimated plant acres, 91 million in corn versus last year's uh, 94.6. Uh, But even at that, if you put the uh, yield even at 179, uh, we have the carryover going from 2.24 to 2.47 billion bushels. Mm -hmm. That's not a very good sign. However, uh, the laws of economics have not been repealed. And you get any commodity as cheap as corn is now, and someone will find a way to use more of it. Uh, and uh, and maybe yeah. it'll happen in the export market. But it, something will happen at these price levels to increase corn usage. Uh, it may not result in a major bull market, but it's going to keep this market from going any lower.
0: All right, just a couple of minutes left. Is it a weather market coming out of South America, and that's a Freena corn crop?
7: Well, we've had a weather market there, I think, since December. And a lot of people thought it was going to be bullish, but then the weather got better, and so uh, their acreage is so uh, is up so sharply this year, uh, in particularly in corn and in soybeans, that it's going to take much more significant weather problems down there to uh, to be a, a positive for the prices of either corn or beans. But uh, from this price level, and e- even a little weather problem down there is going to be helpful.
0: Okay um the demand you you uh, i really like the comment that you made earlier that uh if we can get demand back in here and that's what the markets are doing we've got a lot of corn and soybeans that need to be used up in the year ahead markets searching for demand if that can happen we can at least cement a low in here right that's correct yeah
7: so, and, you know, as we've been talking, I mean, this market has rallied quite a bit. I mean, corn, yeah. when we you know, started talking, corn was up a penny. It's now up six. Uh, beans were uh, only up a penny, now up eight. And so, you know, I, I do think this thing can turn around fairly quickly.
0: Very cool. Very cool. Well, thank you, Rick. We sure appreciate your time this morning.
7: Thank you, uh, Chip. Yep. Always, always a pleasure.
0: Absolutely. All right. That is Rick Brock. From the Brock Report. Coming up next, it is time for this week's Farmer Forum. We've got Caleb Hamer from Iowa and Ryan Wagner from South Dakota. How are the markets impacting decisions? Are they having any influence on decisions for what the acreage mix is going to be this spring? We'll talk about that next here on AgriTalk.
5: To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything.
4: Time for markets now with the experts from Pro Farmer.
0: Joining us now, Pro Farmer editor Brian Grady. Beach, uh, it seems to be happening. This uh, the short covering seems to be starting.
6: Well, uh, this morning it is at least in the uh, the corn, soybean, and soy meal markets. And of those three, I think meal is the most important. That's that's been the one that uh, uh, when we've seen updates in those other two markets here recently. Um, that it's turned lower after a a firmer start and and, uh, pulled the other two down. So let's watch the meal market into the close. Uh, Trading $4 plus higher here at mid-morning. And and so if we can hold or um, build on those uh, mid-morning gains, uh, then then I think there's a much greater chance that uh, corn and soybeans also hold on to their gains.
0: All right. Wheat market really doesn't want to participate in this right now.
6: Yeah, no, uh, and of the you know the grain and soy markets, uh, wheat has has performed the best of the bunch. Uh, not that it's performed well by any means, but uh, just performed better than the others. And and uh, so um, probably some spreading action going on there. And and uh, you know it's it's the weak leg so far this morning.
0: Heavy pressure on the the uh, cattle complex this
6: morning. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, especially feeders, uh, they're trading sharply to the downside. Uh, moderate to uh, sharp pressure in in live cattle futures and. Uh, You know, we've seen this type of price action in the recent past here, so uh, on the strong recovery from the December lows, uh, we've had days like this where we see uh, uh, heavy price pressure, and we've found buyers underneath the market. So I think that that'll be critical as we move forward, uh, not expecting cash cattle trade to develop until late in the week, and and so that's allowing some of this corrective selling interest to uh, come into the marketplace. And then on the hog side of things, we're about moderate gains here at mid-morning.
0: Excellent. Thank you, Brian. Pro Farmer Editor, Brian
1: Grady on Markets Now. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. I don't know what you're thinking. So call us at 855-4-TALK-AG and tell us what's on your mind.
0: Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm your host, Chip Florey. Glad that you are with us today. It is Wednesday morning. That means it is time for this week's Farm Reform. Let's get it started. Caleb Hamer,
8: there in Iowa. Hey, Caleb, how you doing, man? Uh, good. <clears throat> um, I'm willing to yield my time back to Rick if he wants to keep talking while the markets go higher. <laughs>
0: I love it. Yeah, the markets kind of. Uh, perked up while he was talking, no question about that. Yeah, you got to take advantage of the situation, but you know, every time it comes up, you got to grab the opportunity, right? Seems like it. <laughs> How you doing, man? Everything okay?
8: Uh, good. Uh, spring is in the air until about five o'clock last night when the wind came up and temperature dropped 30 degrees but um, definitely no snow around here plenty dry we could use rain
0: yeah yeah absolutely it was raining down here in Houston this morning I was a little confused of what was going on there for a while it's been so long since we've seen that so
8: mirrors I think
0: yeah it could be could be, yep. Uh, all right, Ryan Wagner up in South Dakota. Hey, Ryan, what's going on, buddy?
9: Hey, Chip. Uh, yeah, doing doing great here. Yeah, kind of in the same situation. Wild temperature swings this week, and uh, looking forward to the warm up that's coming what, this afternoon or tomorrow now for us. Yeah, so.
0: yeah. It doesn't take long once we get used to those uh, warmer temperatures. What when, when when we do oh, get yeah. a shot at cold temperatures, it feels really cold.
9: Oh man, yeah. Yesterday was miserable. We had you know five degrees and thirty mile an hour winds yesterday afternoon. After being in the sixties, the, you know, twenty four hours before that, so that was a little shock to the system for sure.
0: Yeah. Yep. Well, let's put ice back on the lake so you guys can keep ice fishing,
9: right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's going to happen. I think we're pretty much done for the season up here the way it looks. The way the forecast looks. So. Man, um, what a short yeah, it's season. Pr- pretty. Sh- Oh, the shortest one I can ever remember. I mean, we weren't able to get out really before the first of the year, and and by mm-hmm. mid February, you know, things were looking looking a little bit soft out there. So, really short season.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Okay, let we we've set the stage to have a little bit of a conversation about what's going on in these markets. And Ryan, uh, just so that everybody is is aware, you're also a market analyst. Do some uh, some brokerage up there, Bolt Marketing in britain south dakota so i'm going to start with you ryan when what when you are thinking about what's happening in these markets and the decisions that you have to make for wagner farms and the decisions that you are helping your clients make what are some of the things that you're looking at
9: well right now we are we're, we're looking at a lot of new crop i mean old crop we've we, we did pretty decently on and, and got a lot of price and you know not as much as we had hoped for but uh kind of just being in we're, we're in uh, patience mode right now waiting for a bounce to sell and and just what that bounce looks like or identifying how much of a bounce is going to be acceptable to us is kind of the the goal here on an old crop you know and as far as new crop goes there's still enough carry in the market and, and lower cost of production for the 2024 growing season that but some decent prices are available now. Um, I, I We're exercising a little bit of patience there as well, because I think we can bounce a little higher before we get too carried away. But, um, yeah, just kind of honing in on our cost of production this time of year. Um, if, if a guy is a forward contractor, you can look at some cash forward sales. Um, and and if, if you have prepaid inputs locked in on seeds, chemical, fertilizer, things like that, you can get you can do a pretty good job of knowing what your cost of production is. Of course, the big right. unknown is the yield and, and where your break even is at. But it's, it's kind of that time of year, especially with crop insurance. Yeah. Um, revenue guarantees being set to, to push the pencil and see where you need to be.
0: Right, right. You know, you're up in that area where it, it, it there is more flexibility in what is going to be planted. Are the markets this spring going to have much impact on what the acreage mix is going to be up in the Dakotas?
9: Um, for us personally, on our farm, not really. We we stick to our tree crop rotation pretty closely: twenty um, percent spring wheat, forty percent wheat, forty percent or twenty percent spring wheat, forty percent soybeans, forty percent corn. Um, okay. We're mostly in corn, corn and soybean country here, and a lot of guys, are, I think, are going to stay pretty close to that fifty-fifty on that. You get north of us into North Dakota, where they have a few more options with specialty crops, and and west of us, sunflowers are. Are an option, and as well as a few other things. So, I mean, you've got you've got some some different possibilities out there where where guys might swing a little bit farther one way or another, depending on price. But again, you know, today's price is is just what it is. Today's price. You, yeah. You kind of got to look at your outlook and and what you can do on on new crop and where your cost production is in each crop as well. So, I think there's still some acres that are considered swing acres, but fairly minimal, honestly, you know, at this time of year, plans have been made. And, and especially given that we yeah. put a lot of fertilizer down last fall.
0: Right, right. Absolutely. That's, a, that that is a factor that I think is going to uh, be, a, be a factor as, as we make our way through spring. Caleb, what about you? Uh, I, I, you, you, you've got uh, some acres locked in because of, of seed production and so on in your operation, but Uh, Is the market having, could the market have much of an impact on what your acreage mix is going to be this spring?
8: Uh, Could it? Yes. Um, But like you said, with seed production in our area, both on the corn and soybean side, um, a lot of rotations are locked in. Uh, We have some stuff that's in continuous corn and will stay in continuous corn. But we probably are looking at the most bean acres we've had in recent years uh for the 24 growing season
0: okay and is that a revenue a net revenue decision is that what that's based on or is that agronomic
8: uh it's just kind of how the chips fall fell the last couple years we did um some corn on corn in spots just to get some fields squared back up as one crop instead of having two crops in one area um so it's not it's more efficiency driven than market driven but there's probably a couple spots i i'm just not real interested in going corn on corn without fall tillage so i'm probably not going to be influenced to flip anything there was a really good fall around here tons of tons of anhydrous got put on all the retailers i talked to had record tonnage Mm -hmm. lots of fertilizer went down as well um a lot got done so i think that Means a lot
0: of corn acres. Yeah. Yeah. The the talk, of course, is 91 million. Um, uh, you know me, I've been I've been thinking 92 is kind of a baseline because of everything that got done last fall and, and some of these issues that you're that you're talking about. Caleb talking about the logistics of squaring up some farms so that you've got bean production here and corn production there. And you don't have to be doing, it, it just makes for a more efficient harvest season, if nothing else. It, it, right. There are there are so many of those, those factors that are unique to each individual farm. It's really tough to say, well, because the corn market did this, corn acres are going to be X rather than X plus Y,
8: isn't it? Yeah, um, I would like to grow a lot of corn because... I can pretty well tell you what a corn crop is going to be. I don't, I have yet to figure out how to guess a bean crop, but um, just like you said, logistics matter. Uh, labor is harder to find at harvest. And if it can save us a few hours of not having to move as often, then we're going to be as efficient as possible.
0: Interesting. Interesting. Ryan, it, those are, th- those are influences on acreage mixes that I, I don't, I don't think they're in anybody's model. There could be some agronomic issues, you know, with uh, some of the, the the resistance to the rootworm varieties and and some of the other agronomic stuff that happens year to year. But uh, we're we're talking about things that they don't fit into an acreage model at all, right?
9: R- right. Yeah. Yeah. I think Caleb nailed it there. He- you know, a lot of times when we have acreage swings from year to year, it's just based on efficiency. You have a couple fields uh, farther out that you just want to have one crop. It makes it easier for harvest, makes it easier for you know, planting, spraying, everything. And um, you're on the agronomic side, too, around here, if we have a bad year on, say, water, hemp, or, or whatever the wheat is, you know, with us, with wheat as an option, I will, I'll swing that field to wheat the following year um, just to, to help clean it up because we've got a few more different chemical options in wheat and wheat and, and things and, and uh, that seems to help and, and with wheat the early, early canopy really starts to take care of some of yeah. those wheat issues too and the, and the early harvest where you can take care of some other residual issues after harvest so, so yeah I think that you know a lot of times it's a lot more driven by efficiency than it is by price when, when those acres swing on, on a smaller scale on a farm level um, you know, as far as nationally, the, the general trends, I think, follow price. But, but I think the, I think the spreads have to be wider than what they are at the moment in order for that price to, to yeah. have that much of an influence. Because, because yeah. net revenue on corn and soybeans are pretty even right now on new yeah. crop.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, beans are not blown away. Corn, corn is not blown away. Beans, and and where you are at in many cases is the determining which one's got the greatest revenue potential. So uh, a lot is up in the air as we make our way out of February and and get started into March by the end of this week. It's uh pretty remarkable that there are some decisions to be made yet, but for the most part, I think we could you know, m- most guys could fill out their survey for the prospective plannings report right now and be done with it. Okay, we're in the middle of the farmer forum. Caleb Hamer from Iowa, Ryan Wagner from South Dakota. We got to talk a little bit more about the weather. Is that having an influence on what might be planted this spring?
5: To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction.
1: Our name says it all. Agritalk. What more do you need to know?
0: Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm your host, Chip Flory. Glad you're with us on this Wednesday morning. That means it's Farmer Forum time. We've got Caleb Hamer from Iowa, Ryan Wagner from South Dakota. Ryan, you said something in the last segment that I, that, that is interesting to me. And Waiting on a bounce to sell old crop. Yeah. Uh, it what is a rally in corn this spring? I mean, it, it normally we'd be thinking, all right, 70 to 90 cents that that would be a good spring rally.
9: Yep,
0: uh, is it less than that this year to get corn to move?
9: Yeah, um, short answer is yes, I think it is less than that this year. I mean, we saw May hopefully is the bottom down at 409. Um, I'm looking at a you know, forty, you know, thirty to fifty cent rally off that low. So, I mean, four, four fifty, four sixty area. There's some some technical resistance in that area. I think would be a a good spot to sell against. And you know, with a twelve cent carry out to July, if a guy is looking at you know hauling corn this summer, you can can basically add twelve cents to that. And and I think that's a as good a spot as any to uh, to get some old crop cleaned up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What is the cash bid on corn up in your area now up in South Dakota, Ryan?
9: Um, it's actually been you know, the basis has actually been strengthening a little bit lately, oh. but you know, we're on average around thirty-five under basis to May or basis to March um prior to the roll. So, you know, that's uh that's pretty typical. So we're, you know, right right in that three eighty area right okay. now, three eighty five. So sub four dollars, but uh yeah, yeah. It's not ideal.
0: Yep, yep. You know, Caleb, based on the way that the markets are going, uh, you, you do have to make some adjustments in what to expect from that spring rally. Are, are, does what Ryan's talking about make sense to you?
8: Uh, yeah. I think initially a lot of us had hopes of sniffing $5 again, but uh, we need to rein those expectations back in on old crap would be my thought.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. So
8: the spring weather,
0: uh, Caleb, I do, do you let the field conditions determine when you're out there and, and thinking about putting some seed in the ground, or are you going to watch the calendar pretty close?
8: Uh, as far as seeding goes, I'd be willing to put beans in in March if the soil, uh, and weather (laughs) conditions and forecasts come together. I'm not going to put any corn in the ground until we get closer or to the insurance date. It's too expensive, too much of a risk for my operation. Um, But there's anhydrous going on in the neighborhood yesterday. So there's dust, there's dust flying in spots.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw some anhydrous going on on Sunday afternoon too. It, it's uh it, it, it's amazing that here we are that, uh, the the last week of, of february last couple of days of february and it it looks more like the last couple of days of march than than the last couple of days of february has that got your anxiety up some caleb for what the the season might bring us
8: um we are majorly moisture deficit I heard my sump pump run uh, when it rained here like two weeks ago when there was still some snow on the ground three weeks ago maybe. That was the first time it had fired since last May. I was glad it still knew how to work. Uh, but it only fired that one time, and it hasn't <laughs> run again since. So it, it, the creeks <laughs> are dry. The the open ponds are dry. I mean, it, we need water.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, the the pond levels that, that I'm looking at are, are just – pretty shocking up in northeast iowa no question about it ryan what about you what's this uh, spring like weather got you thinking about
9: well it's got me thinking about putting in some spring wheat nice and early for a change we haven't had any field activity in in the month of march or april here for the last couple of years so um i i'm kind of kind of uh, anxious for that to to get some spring wheat in early that'd be that'd be great for once um you know in the even the last couple days of march or the beginning of april when we when we'd like to see it planted um our soil moisture situation is is pretty decent right now actually we've got we had some rains last fall you know we were drying in the last summer as well but um had some some late some august rains that replenished the, the profile and and had some in september as well so so we're in pretty good shape. Um, but yeah, an early start is, is definitely looking like it's a a real good possibility this year. You know, last year at this time, we were staring at huge snow banks out the window and, and had more on the way as well. So, so we're, we're set up for an early spring, no doubt.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Last year at this time, good grief. You still had like 50 inches of snow on the ground or something, right?
9: Oh yeah. Yeah. At least. And, and, and every snowstorm last year came with wind, with wind. So we had yeah. huge drifts along the, along the trees and shelterbelt in my backyard. It was, it was 12 feet deep on the level for a hundred yards back. I mean, it was, it was crazy. Nice. Um, so it took a long time for that to melt and run off and, and some of it went in the ground, which, which helped carry us for a while last year. But yeah, we don't have anything like that this year. i um, looking out the window right now. I don't see any snow.
0: Right. Right. Okay. You know the markets are a little bit in the dumps. The little, little bit disappointing right now. Give me something to be excited about, Caleb.
8: Come on, uh, Hudson Pirates. Hudson Pirates boys basketball team goes to state tournament next week for the first time in thirty years, and we're thirty the years. Two seed. Yep, we're the number two seed and have a pretty good shot at making a run, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Nice. Nice, that's excellent. Well, and even the Hawks,
8: the the Hawk men last night went.
0: They, they took a big step last night and shorn up their odds for uh for the NCAA's, didn't they?
8: If they want to put forty minutes together, they can play with anybody. But yeah, luck getting to play defense well enough to do it.
0: Yep, yeah, that's right.
8: What about you, Ryan? What are you watching up there?
9: well our high school basketball season came to an end last night so I don't have that to look forward to like Caleb does but uh, yeah it is it is basketball season right now I mean a lot of a lot of hoops to watch playoffs, district regions going on right now so yeah I guess we can we can uh, enjoy that while darn right down.
0: darn right you know I'm enjoying the cyclones uh, this year there's no question about it you guys great job today I appreciate you. Uh, we'll talk again later this spring. Thanks, Caleb. Thanks, Ryan. See you guys. All right, Thanks, Jeff. See ya. You back, Caleb Hamer in Iowa, Ryan Wagner in South Dakota. This after- afternoon, our coverage from Commodity Classic 2024 starts. We will be on the the, the expo floor at the NCGA booth, right here on Agri